If you're wondering if everyone made it out of the inexplicably spontaneous studio disaster that closed the last episode, the answer is, well, duh. Jem is rescued by Jerrica's purple-haired boyfriend, who carries her back to her dressing room even though she's clearly capable of standing on her own. Then this guy walks up and says some stuff. I don't think he's particularly important to the story, but I just wanted to point him out since he doesn't really look like a typical Sunbow character. I think he might just be a really specific caricature of a Hollywood star that nobody remembers from a late 30s Bugs Bunny cartoon. Anyway, back to Jerrica's purple-haired boyfriend, who totally starts making out with Jem in her dressing room. This should be fine since Jerrica and Jem are the same person, but I guess we're still playing that tedious secret identity game, so he's actually cheating on her? This is exhausting, and they really just need to tell this idiot what's what, in case I wasn't clear about where I stand on all this. How can I tell him the truth without making him feel I've made a fool of him? On the other hand, just tell him! Jesus! Back at the orphan house, I guess we're still worrying about that one orphan who stole the money from the honor jar and also joined the misfits. I almost forgot that last part, but thankfully she's trying on a misfits t-shirt and basically recapping the last episode in the mirror for me, so really, how bad can she be? Also, according to the official recap at the beginning of the episode, these orphans are called... Starlight Girls? I'm not entirely clear on why they're called that, but people are still giving me crap for that one time I mixed up Televipers and Stratovipers in a G.I. Joe review about five years ago, so I guess I'd better pretend to pay attention to these things. Before Jerrica can properly confront little Ashley Starlight, she's called away on some kind of 80s music-related emergency. Which I guess is a thing, but also maybe if you're the legal guardian of like a dozen starlight orphans, maybe you should prioritize their well-being over your silly band? You don't need to be a supercomputer with magic powers of holograms and fashion to figure that one out. The music emergency in question involves a concert in Las Vegas, and a concert promoter who books the misfits as the opening act for the holograms, basically just to be an asshole. <laughs> Honey, I love to see sparks fly. <laughs> the misfits are none too happy about this explanation either. You can tell because one of them slams the door in his face and another one takes a painting off a wall. Yeah, that'll show him. Of course, they immediately start brainstorming about how to ruin the concert for Jim, and they realize they can use their sleeper agent to assist them. Then said sleeper agent actually knocks on their door because I guess one of the benefits of being a starlight girl is psychic powers or possibly just fortuitous coincidence? The holograms arrive in Las Vegas, home of such famous spots as Victoria Miggin, Crow, and of course, Camus. Come experience existentialism, philosophical suicide, and the series of the absurd. Lucis slots in town! Then Jem sings a song called Deception, about the whole completely pointless love triangle with her purple-haired boyfriend. The song is also a bit pointless as it doesn't really seem to have much of a hook. Then again, this is like the seventh or eighth song we've gotten in the series so far, so it makes sense that we're into the not good enough to use as a single tracks they throw in to pad out the album. Ashley and the Misfits trick Aja into climbing into the luggage compartment of a bus right before it drives off, which is actually a lot easier than it should be. That asshole promoter does not care for this situation at all. If she isn't back here when I raise the curtain, the misfits take over! Wow, so sending the holograms on stage without a guitarist isn't an option? Does that not qualify as seeing sparks fly? It's all fairly moot anyway, since Aja stays in the compartment for all of, like, six blocks before a really angry bus driver figures out she's in there and lets her out. And originally six blocks was just a guess on my part, but apparently I was actually right. Maybe. Easy! Go up four blocks and turn right! Nah, man, it's that way! Six blocks and turn left! Four blocks right! Six blocks left! Well, 
It's not as enthralling as that time the Dreadnoughts wrestled over whether Surtz was a breath mint or a candy mint, but I guess you have to find your conflict somewhere. Aja is rescued by a cowboy on a motorcycle who brings her most of the way there and she doesn't even thank him, which is just rude. One of the misfits tries to seduce Jerrica's purple-haired boyfriend for some reason and then gets really mad when it doesn't work. They're also not happy about Aja making it back in time for the concert, so they back out of their opening spot at the last possible second, which means we get another hologram song instead of a Misfits song. Wait, why am I being punished for the Misfits' bad fortune? The song is called Too Close for Comfort, but there's not even a single mention of Cosmic Cow or Monroe the Wacky Neighbor. Back in their dressing room, the Misfits receive a very important phone call. There's going to be a commotion soon. Which just sounds like a rejected Public Enemy album title to me. Then the misfit, Stormer, discovers Honor Jar Ashley hiding behind a cardboard cutout of the holograms and the two of them see some ruffians robbing a casino. It's less of an Ocean's Eleven style heist and more of a punch the lock with brass knuckles and put on your ski masks for like 10 seconds of the heist type affair. Was this the commotion that Eric, who sucks by the way, warned us about? Why, yes, it is the very same commotion, because those ruffians planted the stolen money in Jem's dressing room. What a bunch of ne'er-do-wells. Arrest her! So you really don't like sparks flying at all, do you, cowboy hat guy? Ashley... Orphan Starlight. Okay, I'm running out of variations on this girl's name, so I'm just gonna say Ashley from now on. Ashley decides that now would be a fine time to rat out the misfits, who naturally try to discredit her immediately. She can't be more than 12! I'm 13! Take that. I guess. Thankfully, the cops don't just have to rely on the word of a 12-year-old. I'm 13! Yeah, I really should be paying more attention, huh? Anyway, there's also this... Well, her voice says witch, but her appearance says fashion model who was hideously scarred. I can prove Jem is innocent. I guess those things aren't mutually exclusive. Turns out it was Stormer, though, anyway, which is hugely disappointing, to be honest. I'm completely here for the misfits being evil just for the sake of being evil, because that's exactly the sort of very stupid thing these cartoons do. But if you're gonna do that, you have to commit to all three of them being evil, man. They're already outnumbered by the holograms, and now they have a traitor in their midst? Eric doesn't seem too phased by his latest scheme fizzling because he already has another one ready to go. He's hired a private detective to discover Jem's secret identity. If he can also discover why the hell Jem is bothering with a secret identity at all, I'll be very interested in what he manages to dig up. Also, we find out that Pizzazz's real name is Phyllis, which got a legit laugh out of me. The holograms go to a fashion show and do a third song, and it's just one of the damn theme songs. You know, truly, truly, truly outrageous. Seriously, guys, there's a whole other band whose songs are canonically better. You don't have to keep doing this to us. The Misfits trigger the sprinkler system at said fashion show, which is actually a pretty horrible thing to do to all those 80s heads that have been hairsprayed to within an inch of their lives. Then the private eye watches the holograms go to their weird drive through HQ, and we watch them change for a minute, and honestly, it feels a little dirty? Then they leave, so he snoops his way in, causing Synergy to say the word INTRUDER out loud about 50 times to nobody in particular, and the private eye gets so annoyed that he smashes Synergy with a chair like it was Geraldo Rivera's nose. Trust me, that reference would have killed in the 80s. 